Good afternoon, folks. Welcome to the podcast, Lotus Eaters, for the 18th of August, 2023. I'm joined by Peter McAvena. Peter, it's Friday. It is. Great to be here. It's good, isn't it? In your new studio. <laughs> I know. I love it. Yeah, thank you. Great. <laughs> Thanks very much. <laughs> um, I'm glad you like it. Uh, just uh, before, how are, how are things over at Hearts of Oak? Oh, great. We had Seb Gork on last night. Yeah, uh, we've had we've had Alex Jones on about four or five weeks ago. That was good fun. Uh, you think when you have Alex, where do you go from there? But it's been just let him talk. Yeah, yeah. Just oh, let him talk. I know, I know, I know, I know. I just asked two or three questions, just yeah, semi-intelligent, yeah. and let him go for it. But yeah. no, it's great. Every Monday and Thursday, guest interviews, and every Saturday, uh, we have news reviews. So great. going well. Good. Um, right, I've got a couple of announcements, which are well, one announcement. Apparently, the video comments are broken on the website. I don't know what's happening there. Uh, so if you are a uh, gold tier subscriber. Uh, go to uh, email your video comment to video.editor at lotusseaters.com uh, along with your gold membership registered email address and we will be able to get them. Uh, no idea what's happening there, so I don't know. Anyway, let's, uh, let's begin. Cancel culture is when people criticize you. Have you heard someone, anyone say that? Was this when people don't like what you say? And yeah, wanna, cancel culture. Shut you up and Can- cancel culture is when people take offense to something you've said on the internet. That's it. That's the sum total of cancel culture. Offense? Offense? Is that a thing these days still? I hear <laughs> it is. Uh, this is what... Um, I'm trying to think of a charitable way of describing Owen Jones. Can't. <laughs> yeah, but I can't. Uh, this is what Owen Jones has recently been saying, which we'll get into in a minute. And uh, it's obvious nonsense. I just thought we'd cover... Just some events from the world of cancel culture that have happened literally in the last week uh, that are that show that cancel culture is still as rife at his, as it has ever been, at least in Britain. To be honest with you, in America, cancel culture does seem to be receding a bit. Uh, I suspect that Elon Musk is probably something to do with that, uh, bringing lots of people back to life on Twitter and whatnot. Um, although saying that, YouTube hasn't got any better when it comes to all of this. No, but Rumble's got bigger. Rumble has got bigger, so there, there are more viable alternatives. And the good thing about Rumble, of course, is it's monetized. So uh, this is important uh, for the creator ecosphere, if you care about such things. But anyway, before we begin, uh, go and read Harry's run-in with cancel culture that he published on the website last year, uh, when he got essentially canceled from the music industry, because Harry's in a band. And then they were like, that you talk about things from a conservative perspective. And Harry's like, yeah, that's legal. And they were like, yeah, not in this industry. And that was Harry. Uh, done and dusted. Uh, it's it's quite a good read as well because it's just you get a feeling for just what the the environment in these cultures is like in these areas are like, um, and I kind of hate it. But anyway, let's uh, let's go on to Owen Jones because I saw this going around Twitter this week. Uh, Owen Jones, let's, let's just watch. I think what when we put people often talk about cancel culture, what they mean is people on social media criticizing them. Mm-hmm. That's basically what they're talking about. And I think we've got a redefinition of freedom of speech, which is I can say things which were offensive, but nobody's allowed to say they find it offensive. That's where we've ended up. So if someone says, uses their platform and says things which many people consider to be racist, misogynistic or homophobic, and then people say, well, actually, that's really outrageous what you said. They go, I've been cancelled. I've been cancelled. And then they start the I've been cancelled tour, which normally involves writing in a newspaper column about how cancelled they are, going on television to tell everyone how cancelled they are, going on radio to say how cancelled they are, maybe doing a book saying, I've been cancelled. It's like (laughs) using a megaphone to scream at us about how silenced and cancelled they are. 
I just don't think it's a thing. Look, I remember the times what's going through. We'll leave, we'll leave that there. I just don't think it's a thing. Right. Okay, Owen. Which is precisely why there are constant nonstop newspaper columns from Tommy Robinson saying, I've been cancelled, which is why he's on TV all of the time saying, I've been cancelled. Uh, this is just such an obvious lie that I thought we'd go through some really easy examples of uh, cancel culture. Uh, these are just literally from the last week. So Andrew Doyle and Graham Lyman were going to do a comedy show. <clears throat> Andrew Lawrence uh, as well, and a bunch of others who I'm not familiar with. Uh, but the, the three that I know there, very funny men, uh, hmm, I got cancelled by the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. What's cancelled mean? It means they're not allowed to play there. It means they're not allowed to have that as a venue anymore. That has been taken away from them. It's crazy because Owen Jones, it, he's obviously he knows what cancel culture is. Oh, he no. tries to portray it completely differently. Yes. And then when you look at comedy, comedy is always supposed to hit the line mm. and step past the line. That's often what makes it funny when it takes something and, and takes it to its extreme or nth degree. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, comedy has always been pushing the limits. But that's the point, isn't it? Owen Jones knows that he is lying. Right. We'll, we'll get back to it in a second. So uh, they then decided, okay, we'll find a replacement venue for our Edinburgh Fringe Comedy Unleashed, and that was cancelled as well. And again, it's not that people are criticizing online. There's no reference to any online critique here. I'm sure they'd welcome online critiques because uh, Andrew Doyle's the kind of person who enjoys that sort of thing. Uh, but no, that's not what we're talking about, Owen. We're talking about the institutions that were going to do something, taking that thing away from you because a bunch of left-wingers on Twitter whined about you. How about Scott Adams being banned from Amazon? Is that people just critiquing him online? People said, Scott Adams, you're so offensive. And Scott Adams was like, oh, I'm cancelled. Let me go on Amazon and sell my book. No, they literally took it down. But then, for some reason, uh, he was actually reinstated after YouTube demonetized him. So who knows what's going on with Scott Adams? But uh, yeah, no, they, 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 for some reason, just arbitrarily were like, okay, yeah, you're not cancelled now. It's really, I mean, it's really weird. I'd love to delve deeper. Well, not to, obviously today, but why YouTube turned around? Because you've got lots of big names that get cancelled mm -hmm. and they get permanently cancelled and, and that's it. Yep. Um, I mean, it would, so Seb Gork is cancelled on YouTube. Obviously, yep. Steve Bannon's cancelled on Twitter yep. uh, with zero comeback. And Scott Adams creating Dilbert, one of the, the biggest books ever. Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't matter how big you are. If YouTube decides something, then it's two fingers up to you. So it's, it would be intriguing to know why they backed down, what internal conversations were had. Well, it would, wouldn't it? And that's the point, isn't it? There's, there's no transparency. And you're totally at the whim of this arbitrary decision-making that can just giveth and taketh away yeah. as it pleases. There's absolutely no recourse. You have no rights in any of this. And if you got everything taken away from you, you'd have no way of letting people know or objecting to it. I'd love for a lifetime ban to only last a few days for all of us. On yeah, wouldn't that be media? great? <laughs> you know, there, there, are, there are lots of people who were returned to Twitter and then taken away from Twitter. Yeah. Uh, which uh, Twitter giveth and Twitter takes away. I know. Elon, <laughs> I don't think Tommy deserves the ban. I really don't. And I've said this repeatedly. Um, I don't think Alex Jones deserves the ban. What did he actually say on Twitter? Uh, <laughs> remember when Alex Jones was getting massively platformed and Twitter was the last platform he was on? And he was on there for like a week and Jack Dorsey was like, well, he hasn't actually broken the terms of service. And then they're like, okay, well, just the pressure's too much. We're just going to have to take you down. And it's like, you're just being totally capricious with this. You know, this is just you saying, this is the guy we don't like. Get rid of him. 
It was so transparent. Anyway. I'm surprised you could find one thing out because it's just, it's so much information. <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah. like a tsunami of, whoa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, the, but, the, but the thing is, the things Alex Jones says, I don't actually think are actually very offensive. Oh. Right? He's actually quite a milquetoast libertarian in yeah, his yeah. own political views. Very orthodox sort of, you know, government bad, yeah. <laughs> basically. Yeah. And then he comes out with a crazy conspiracy theory, which you can say, okay, look, that's mental, but it's not against the terms of service to have a mental view. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, Alex Jones, like, the, the best bit as well was Kanye interview. He's like, you're not really a Nazi. And Kanye's like, oh, I am, actually. <laughs> Alex Jones is like, right, okay, I'm not. You know, and I disavow that completely. And so it's like, Alex Jones is actually not outside of the Overton window when it comes to that sort of yeah. stuff. You know? He never says anything about, like, Jews or Holocaust or anything like that. You know, he accepts like, the narrative of the 20th century that the Westerners were the good guys and we were against the Nazis for a good reason. We're for freedom. We're, we're for, you know, rights. He's not, like, mad or, like, you know, a Nazi or something. And so why is he banned? You know, just, it doesn't, there's no reason for it apart from the powers that be don't like him. They have decided. Yeah. Uh, just like uh, Glenn Beck, by the way. Oh, did I miss that? No, I must have forgotten to put that in. But Glenn Beck was banned by Apple, uh, which I haven't got the link there, but trust me. Uh, Glenn Beck was taken off Apple just because he's Glenn Beck. He's a right-wing radio pundit in America. Of course he has to go. Yeah. But the thing from Apple was great. You've been removed because you broke the terms of services. Click here to find out why. They click and it said, you've been removed because you broke the terms of services. Oh, I mean, you had no explanation. It's just repeating the same thing. Well, it's the same thing with YouTube. Whenever whenever someone gets like demonetized or deplatformed yeah. or whatever, it's like, well, we found your, your channel. didn't. Uh, it wasn't in line with the terms and conditions. It's like, how? Your one-hour video. Yeah. Okay, yeah. which part? Yeah. Well, which video? <laughs> just tell me. If, if you could tell me which video it was, I could at least triangulate somehow on the problem that you were taking exception to, exception to. Because, I mean, that's the thing. It's one thing having these overbearing and intrusive rules, right? That's fine. Okay, we accept that you've got overbearing and intrusive rules. Help us to follow them. What they are. Know what they are. And yeah. know what they are. Yeah. And know when we've broken them. And we will modulate ourselves for you. If you're going to be a tyrant, mm. you know, if you're going to run your platform like Pol Pot, okay, fair enough. You know, what do we need to do to stay within the rules? And we'll do it. And the fact that you don't tell people kind of implies that you don't want us to be able to stay within the rules. Yeah. And you're looking for an arbitrary reason to remove people. Again, we're so far away from Owen Jones's, well, you just don't like being criticized on the internet. Owen, I love being criticized on the internet. I love it when you try and debunk or deconstruct something I've said. It's amazing because you come out with ridiculous nonsense that I can then pick apart. Uh, and make you look like a fool. I mean, another great example. And that, so these things, these were all just from last week, this week, you know, between Monday to now, three different examples of cancel culture, of things being taken away from people. And then, of course, we have Nigel Farage. And this, this was one of my favorite examples of cancel culture because Nigel Farage is a powerful and influential man, and he wasn't going to take this lying down. And so he didn't. Uh, I don't know if he, there we go. Look at that update. Look at that update. Oh, that's just it's gold. It kind of glows out of the screen to me in a, a, a beautiful, glowing, golden, divine light, right? So the original <laughs> the original on this article was bank account shut down. Nigel's account was shut down, falling below the wealth limit, a source told the BBC. Oh, he, he was below the financial threshold to have this prestigious bank, uh, bank account. And then Nigel Farage did a freedom of information request at the bank account, and we got hold of the uh, internal memos and documents about 
why they'd taken Nadja Farage down. And so the BBC updated with this. We acknowledge that the information we reported, whose decision on Nigel Farage's account did not involve considerations as political views, turned out not to be accurate. You mean a lie? You lied. <laughs> you lied. You, you got one person from the inside who told you a lie, and you were like, that's good enough for us. Yep. Print it. You know, like, go to press. And now you have to publish this retraction because you just didn't do... Like, it's like there's not a single journalist at the BBC. I mean, any journalist will say, well, look, you need it from two reliable sources, and you had it from one unreliable source. Yep. Why did you print that? You, know, you didn't know, and you thought, well, we can just cavalcade forward with the narrative. Except Nigel Farage is connected. He is in a position where he's wealthy enough to be able to do the things that he needs to do. He could take legal action if it had come to that. And I'm sure it would have come to that, frankly, if you guys had just backed, doubled down on this. Right. But Nigel is smart. He knows how the game is played. He knows the media game inside out. Plus, uh, on GB News, he's got a huge platform. I mean, how dumb are you to go up yes. against Nigel? It's just, it's, it's, I mean, fair enough. Go up against Nigel with something that is real. Yeah. Okay, fine. You know, if it's real, he, he'll have to apologize. He'll have to back down. But if you're literally publishing a lie that can be easily proven to be a lie through one freedom of information request, then that was really silly, wasn't it, BBC? I mean, frankly, I'm surprised that Nigel didn't sue them on the basis that this was obviously false. Because, I mean, in the memo, uh, it, would li <laughs> it literally said, uh, Nigel Farage was not compatible with Coots uh, given his publicly stated views and were odds with our position as an inclusive organization. Literally political. I mean, they called him a racist, a xenophobic grifter in the memo. So, based on it. <laughs> but yeah. So the BBC had to apologise, which is a massive humiliation. Yet another massive humiliation for the BBC. Of course, Coots uh, offered to reinstate his bank accounts, and uh, Farage was like, "Well, maybe, but uh, what about a compensation package?" Which yeah. good, good. I want him to get paid. You know, the two chief honchos from this had to resign as well, yeah. the CEO and CFO or something. Yeah. Uh, both had to resign. Uh, so Nigel got his scouts, got his accounts back, and I think Nigel deserves a payout. Actually, a nice fat payout for all the stress that this is this tremendous victory has caused him. Well, well the the chair of because Coots and Matt West think they both had to resign, and yeah. um, but one of them was on a four hundred thousand PayPal. I was yeah. going to get paid off that anyway. But it's the reputational damage of the power of the BBC, and all they have to do is say we we were given the wrong information and we want to correct this. And you've been the leading story. You've been trending everywhere mm. for two weeks. Your life is dragged out and the reputational damage. Yeah. And yet the BBC get off scot-free and it's Nigel is the one who has to, maybe it hasn't affected him in the eyes of the public, but it affects no. you if you can't open a bank account in the UK. It does. But I mean, Nigel's continuing to bang this drum and oh, he's, yeah. you know, really pushing his advantage home. And that's great because there, literally tens of thousands of people have been debanked yep. recently. Uh, and Nigel appears to be on it, which is fantastic. Uh, but again, that's what council culture is, Owen. It's when something is taken away from you for political reasons. It's not criticism. You liar. Let's take another example. Oh, Donald Trump, the sitting president of the United States, was deplatformed from everything. He was taken down from YouTube, from Facebook, from Twitter, from any other Instagram, all of every social media, uh, Silicon Valley social media platform, uh, over a lie, frankly, you know, over a lie. And so that's interesting. And also, what I think is fascinating is that Joe Biden 
and his administration, quote-unquote, uh, worked in tandem, we are told. A lawsuit has revealed they worked in tandem with social media giants like Facebook and Twitter to censor statements they deemed as misinformation. Now, topics including COVID-19 and various other things. Because Jen Psaki had said uh, it, they'd posted uh, like July 15th, 2021. Then White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki admitted her colleagues were flagging problematic posts for Facebook that spread misinformation. So that's literally what the Biden White House is doing. They're scrolling social media, looking for things that they disagreed with, and then telling Facebook and Twitter to take them down. Hmm. Amazing. Like this, this is what it is. It's about the powers that be for political reasons, taking away the things that you use. This uh, was actually stopped by a judge in America, as in a federal judge blocked contact between Biden administration officials and social media companies, ruling that the two were working together to censor free speech. This is what cancel culture is, Owen. You liar. Again, you're just such a phenomenal, phenomenally dishonest person, and everyone can see it. He knew this is happening. I'm. It's, but the, I mean, and the reason the reason he's okay with it is because it affects people he doesn't like. Oh yeah, That's he uses it as a tool to take yeah. out the people he disagrees with. Uh, but I mean, this story, it's it's amazing how stories around Trump come up, and you think that's going to blow everything out of the world. That's going to change the game. Yeah, the story is there for a day, it then goes away, and that's it. I think no, it should change the game. This is. This blows everything out of the water if the government can collude with social media to ban voices they disagree with. That is a dictator state. And yes, life carries on as normal. Yes. It's amazing how captured the institutions are. But so is cancel culture being criticized online? Is cancel culture when you are criticized online? No. Cancel culture is when political activists work with institutions in order to deplatform and silence their political opposition. Again, Owen Jones, you're a liar. Let's move on. Okay, we're on to the trendy far right. And this is Carl himself posting this. Oh, it hey, well, it's your post, yes. Oh. You were the one that um, moved the trend onward. But when you put this up, 29,900 yeah. posts trending far right. And your comment was, we are rapidly approaching the point where the term far right harmonizes with concepts, which is correct, good. And moral, which it does. So you put this. Am up. I wrong? <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and it's trendy. <laughs> it is trend. You put this up, and you, yeah, you made you made far right trendy because it then goes up to thirty five thousand a few hours later. And I thought, well done, Carl. You're the catalyst for this conversation. Well, I'm just saying. I mean, everything that I think is uh, decent turns out to be far right these days. Uh, don't want to have your country destroyed. Well, you're far right. Like promote family values. That's far right. Uh, think free speech is a good thing. That's far right. Uh, rule of law is pretty far right these days. I mean, li literally everything that I thought was good about this country turns out to be very far right. Okay, I take it. You know, it's off when your bubble gets burst and you think, oh dear, that was all wrong. All those good yeah. things were really. But well, that's the world we live in, I guess. It's yeah, topsy turvy. Yeah. Right is wrong. Yeah. Wrong is right. It's just all upended. But let's go. This was uh, this was trending because of Canada. Oh, yes. And this is the leader of the Conservative Party, Pierre Poliver. My French isn't. I can do Pierre. Pierre is easy. Yeah, Poliver this is the easy. leader of the French, uh, the Canadian Conservative yeah. Party. Yeah, uh, and you can imagine how far right a Canadian Conservative is. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so true. Canada not really being the most conservative of countries, 
what, 60, 65% on the left, maybe 35, 40 on the right. When you look at voting on the right. Yeah. On the, I know. So, <laughs> but, but they do actually, in, this guy is good. I do like this guy. In Pierre, they have a conservative leader. Um, like I like Maxime Bernier, he's on PCP, but of course that's a much smaller party. Yeah. It's the conservative. But maybe you could listen to this uh, short sp- uh, qu- question and answer session uh, from Pierre that Rebel News obviously Hello, Mr. Polyev. Um, a number of your own comments and actions have been um, characterized as dog whistling to by the who? far right. By who? By a number of by different, but by I think it's been by characterized who? by that way. But by are who? you trying to court? Are, I, I are you trying to, to court the clarify, far right? Sorry, vote? I just need to clarify. By who? By a number by of who? different experts and a Ex- number of different people experts? who work who, who, who are the work experts? in this. Okay, well, I think right. it's been established that right. this is this is yeah, a concern. I, I, are not, you trying to court the far right vote? I, sorry, I, who are these experts? You say that there are experts who are saying this. Who are they? My question is, are you trying to court the sorry, far right I, vote? I, I am sorry, your question uh, seems to be based on a false premise. You can't even uh, tell me who these experts are. It sounds like it's just a CBC smear job. Thank you. But, it, but what about the question about whether that's the, the answer is the that I'm, I have a common sense agenda to axe the carbon tax, bring home powerful paychecks, clear the way to build affordable homes to put, those, uh, put people uh, in housing that they, they can afford, that is a common sense, mainstream Canadian agenda. And I know that Justin Trudeau's supporters are so desperate to distract from that because his political pe- <laughs> career is falling apart. So we're seeing, uh, we're seeing an attempt here to distract and protect Justin Trudeau uh, from his extremely unpopular carbon taxes and other failing policies. But we won't let him or, his, um, or, or others distract from that reality. So thank you. So you're not um, going to answer that question? question? That was very good. That was very, very good. Just, just the, to do it in the middle of a petrol station, I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, that's a great... From who? Right. From who? From who? Well, far-left extremists. Yeah. People who think that Canada's a racist, supremacist, white Nazi country. I mean, what do you want? Yeah, exactly. From lunatics who do not represent like a sensible, moderate, normal, far-right uh, political position. Because, I mean, that is, he's completely right. So this is just common sense politics. Yes, of course it is. But that's far right because the Everton window shifted so very far to the left. I love because often I think <laughs> whenever we get labeled with something, the yeah. initial response is to defend, yeah, to go back. Yeah. And, but he's just smiling. Who? From where? From where? Define what you're talking about and then I will answer you. Don't immediately think you have to defend yourself. No, no. You don't. And that was just calm, relaxed. And very confident as well. Very confident. Very confident yeah. But understanding the games the media play. Yeah, yeah. And that's in the media space. But I mean, the viewers watching whatever space you're in, uh, you're in a, a different public space uh, and use the same tactics of just being relaxed and cool and not aggressive. But the, re- the reason that asking from who is so powerful is because the term far right is relative, right? They, that's the problem with like left and right as political labels is that they are relative positions on a political spectrum. And so if someone is so insanely far to the left that they think that the Labour Party is right-wing, like Navarra Media, then if you're sort of centre-right, they're going to be like, well, they're very far away from me, and so now they're far-right. And this is a very powerful tactic. to Because when you say from who, what you're doing is relativising, centering it. On a, you know, tell me who it was, yeah. and I'll be able to tell you what their Twitter feed looks like. You know, whereabouts on this political spectrum they are, and so that that was a great response. And again, I love the confidence in it. It was just like, yeah. oh yeah, 
Oh yeah. Who was that? Yeah. <laughs> so good. But yeah, yeah. actually he is, cause it gives a little bit of hope in Canada um, because they obviously had elections and the Canadian people, uh, God bless them, voted again for Trudeau. <sighs> uh, but he's only been leader of the Conservative Party a year now, September yeah. last year. But he's not actually a strongly, strongly conservative. He describes himself as a libertarian. Mm -hmm. uh, but he is, uh, he's not pro-abortion. He's pro-choice. He's, he's, he's pro yeah. uh, so he's not pro-life. He's pro-immigration. He's been fairly open on uh, how they want more immigration. He was pro-same-sex <laughs> Typical marriage. Canadian far-right. Well, exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, some describe him as a populist. Another term, no one knows <clears> how <throat> to find. You're popular, that's bad. Uh, and he was even on the fence, the Canadian truckers. He kind really? of said, well, I'm with you, but you know, those who break the law, I'm not. And it was, I mean, do what Rebel did, what Ezra did. Come full out in support of the yeah. Canadian truckers. They are fighting for their rights, their livelihoods, their freedoms. And yet he was very much on the fence, not wanting to back them too much. So really? actually, when you talk about conservative, he's a lot better than what they have had. Sure, but it's not hard to be a lot better than Justin <laughs> Trudeau. I mean, <laughs> Justin Trudeau is the literal creature of Klaus Schwab, yep. the Canadian government. Yep. So yeah, okay, he's slightly better than Justin Trudeau. Oh, great. Yeah. I know, no, but it probably, I mean, Stephen Harper was certainly fairly conservative and the Conservative Party have been bereft of leadership, I think, yeah. since that. So he stepped into that. But that was why that was trending mm. from uh, from Canada, which led me down a little bit of a rabbit hole. And I thought, okay, really? which other governments have been trending as far right just in the last two days or so? Mm. And I came across a few of them. It's Poland. It's Based the, Poland. Yeah, the, the EU's. Uh, far-right kicking boy, but Poland's far-right, this is the economist, right. could be the next government's kingmaker. It has hidden its extremist roots behind a free market message. And that's the picture of the extreme. <laughs> the, the caption on the picture, small government, large glasses. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. They're going to reduce your taxes and increase the amount of beer you can buy. I know. The pools like beer. They... <laughs> it doesn't like beer. Like, <laughs> Oh, no. God, I hope the far right don't take over. I might but, start enjoying life. It's so... <laughs> but but in it, there were just a few things I'll, I'll put there. Were, um, he he bemoans high inflation. Yeah. So he doesn't like high inflation at 11%. That's, that's yeah, one yeah. of the things. He... Is, it was against the pandemic lockdowns. Yeah. The EU's pseudo-ecological programs and financial aid <laughs> to Ukrainian refugees. That's I mean, far right. I mean, to, to be fair, right, I can I can appreciate an argument for helping Ukrainian refugees. Right. They're genuinely, they've been invaded by Russia. They, they are people genuinely in need. We'll talk about refugees in the last segment, in fact. Yeah. Ukrainian refugees have a case. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Poland are, of course, right there in Ukraine, the midst of yeah. it. So, uh, so they're neighbors. You know, there's a, there, I think there's actually a strong case there. So that's the one thing I'm in mild disagreement with him on. There you go. You can just have a small drink with him, not yeah, a large he, drink then. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but there's some other things. So it's his party is a, a confederation, a coalition of three small parties. Uh, mm -hmm. The Polish system's weird. They're so small. They're like... 14, 15, I think, parties, and some of them independents because they can't be part of the parties of one person. Well, the, you know, I was watching um, David Starkey on New Culture Forum yesterday, and he thinks this is because 
uh, Europe has proportional representation. Mm. And because we are old and stuck in our ways, we were like, we, in 2011, we voted not for proportional representation. Mm. So that leaves us, and same with America, that we're trapped with the two monolithic parties, which are the only ones that can get over the first past the post system. And so we actually don't have the far-right revolution happening that mainland Europe does mm. because our far-right politicians just can't get a seat in the parliament yeah. and therefore can't get a media platform to spread a message. Even if it's, you know, negative coverage, well, look at how that worked for Donald Trump, right? Actually, yeah. if they just report, oh, this guy wants to end immigration, well, actually, a lot of people are like, oh, oh really? Brilliant. I'll, I'll vote for them, you know? And so this time, the, you know, the AFD and everyone else is gaining ground. We can't do that here, uh, which is a pain in the rear. We're stuck. Let me touch on uh, David Starkey could lead that far revolution. That'd be lovely. I know. Oh, so good. I mean, maybe he's a little bit old, so he should be like a, an advisor for it. He could be an advisor. Nigel. He could be yeah, Starkey. Nigel. Starkey. Starkey can be president, kind of that overall person. Or, or just, um, you know, just, just some venerable advisor to yeah. the party, you know, yeah. with Nigel. Get a bunch of other far right people on there. Anyway, go. So let's fly. So um, they <laughs> another phrase they use is that this group confederation, uh, they have signed a declaration of allegiance to the Catholic Church, promising to submit our private and public life to the reign of Christ. That, that's obviously very bad. I mean, that's um, very Polish. <laughs> it is very Polish. It's very Polish. But um, as an Englishman, I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> but I, you know, it's not my problem. That's if, if that's what Poland wants, then vote for it. So that's. Poland, obviously, uh, we have the AFD, ah, yes. which are the real love of the media. I saw this on Twitter the other day, and it's like, oh my God, the AFD are like over extremists. <laughs> I'm like, calm down. I already support the AFD. Calm down. <laughs> but yeah, the Germany's far right party is more popular than ever and more extreme, which is why, of course, they're trying to ban it as they hit 21%. Yeah. Yes. And yes. Everyone just panics well that's the thing isn't it they're, they're going they're going to consider banning it yeah uh, and again i posted well that's a very german german interpretation of democracy there isn't it uh yes if people start voting for something we're gonna have to get rid of that yeah, um, yeah. let me so they uh they will just run through so uh he's this person uh Kra, maximilian Kra, the newly elected his name's maximilian Kra. <laughs> Like that sounds literally like a villain from Conan the Barbarian. That's amazing. <laughs> but this is why he's bad. He doesn't believe in watering down. <laughs> he he doesn't believe in watering down political messages. This is Max. I just can't go. Genuinely can't get past this thing. It sounds like some sort of emperor. <laughs> Maybe he could be. Maybe he could be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. He doesn't believe in watering down political messages to win centrist votes. Um, he's described Pride Month as disgusting, uh, wants to deport immigrants, uh, is, um, talks about uh, concern to the cost of living crisis yep. uh, and immigration. Yep. Uh, it, uh, of course, in it, it said, its rise has caused soul-searching for a country still mindful of its Nazi past. Of course, yep. you need to bring that in in the middle of the conversation about AFD. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's obviously not saying Nazi things. Yeah, he's obviously saying modern conservative things. Yeah, but um, and the, the idea that immigrants are replacing ethnic Germans is a description of the situation rather than a conspiracy theory. Says Krah. Well, that's what we're seeing across. This is literally true. I know it's literally true. Um, and he also Krah puts the party's success down to the population's disdain for liberal policies on climate, 
gender and LGBT issues, immigration and the war in Ukraine, saying established I- political <laughs> parties have no answer to real issues German face. And what, why why would people be disdainful of these politics? Because these politics are the source of the problems that Germany is suffering. Yep. Just like they're the source of the problems everywhere else is suffering under this sort of reign. Uh, yeah, no wonder. Then we go to Switzerland. Oh, yeah. Nile Rogers is bringing a little bit of a music side. Nile Rogers threatens action against far-right Swiss political party for using We Are Family in a campaign video. And of course... Uh, the the party, the SVP, the Swiss People's Party, are I think they're they, the they largest sound party. I know you can sweep the Swiss Switzerland. Party, the people of Switzerland, having a vote on their future. More more chocolate and more uh, more sitting around in the mountains. Not getting involved in international politics. I mean, that sounds brilliant, honestly. Staying on the sidelines. God, if if only we could get a party like that in government. But they have fifty three out of two hundred seats. Right. Uh, they're not. They are the biggest party in the in the Swiss Parliament. Mm-hmm. So that's then, then Argentina, uh, <laughs> far away from us. Argentina's far right president front runner wants to become Jewish. What? Just a beautiful headline. Well, what does that mean? <laughs> well, it goes into they say uh, Argentina <laughs> has never had a Jewish president. O- okay, that's uh, f- um, that's the first sure line of the true, article. Yeah. But, but look, look at this: Yavia Ye- <laughs> Millay uh, studies Jewish topics regularly with Buenos Aires rabbi, but admits observing Sabbath may be the obstacles converting. He also vows to move country's embassy to Jerusalem. Go on, call him a Nazi. Call it, him, you know you want to call him a Nazi. They they, they hold off on that, <laughs> uh, but they go through all of this, and it's he's really shocked the system by winning yeah. the the primary. I, um, I saw um I saw an interview with him where he's just like the oh. the the s leftists don't give him an inch because they'll take a mile and they'll try to destroy you. It's like well he's speaking my language, yeah. You know? Well, he has made uh, he. He's a libertarian who wants to convert Argentina's currency to the US dollar. That's because Argentina doesn't really have a currency. Yeah. Uh, and has made headlines for controversial comments and hot button topics like climate change and sex education. Right. So he's against <laughs> He's against them. Yes. That's it. Yes. He, 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 right. <laughs> so moving away from, we'll move, uh, we'll just touch on this. No, no. The far right's fixation on pedophilia is dangerous. To who? This is a weird, this just days ago in the Globe and Mail from Canada. But this is a weird headline and a weird, um, the left have really got self caught. And part of this is the Sound of Freedom film, which of course, um, yeah, Cavazell is there. It's uh, a good story, really. The film is a good story, rescuing children. And yet, and the left was like, well, that's far right. And it's like, is that political? Is it political to rescue children from people traffickers and pedophiles? And, I mean, all I'm saying is it seems like a really big self-report, doesn't it? That's the threat. But in, so in this, this is what, so they say, um, uh, a new movie, Sound of Freedom, is currently the talk of the far right. It arrived in theaters. I guess guess it probably is. But it arrived in theaters surrounded by a cloud of innuendo by its right-wing supporters. Really? And then it drops QAnon into it as well. Was the name Jeffrey Epstein brought up? (laughs) No, no. But it talks about Pizzagate. It talks about Q. It talks about homophobia being involved. What? I know. (laughs) What? I know. Okay, that's weird. And bizarre (laughs) ideas about super wealthy (laughs) imposing godless liberalism. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) So that I. It's just a weird, whatever they take a headline, there's nothing. uh, I I just want to see who who was on Epstein's client list. That's all I want to see. Yeah. Okay. It's ever going to get out. 
Oh, it's an anti-Semitic conspiracy theory as well, I see. Is let, let's just we'll just finish off with this the Moms for Liberty, who are obviously uh, <laughs> far right. And it, <laughs> I mean, I've, I've interviewed <laughs> Tina Descovich twice. Right. Such a great person. What she's done is so exciting. But the thing is, I love the way you say it Moms for Liberty, which are obviously <laughs> like, well, they're mums and they don't want communism. Yeah, that is far right. Yeah. Well, they're far because it says Moms for Liberty. A parental rights group. Oh, in quotes. Is in it? quotes. Right, okay, yeah, yeah. Oh. Well, I mean, the, the thing is, I mean, uh, the average far-right person will be like, oh, they're against parental rights. And no, uh, what they're saying is when they say parental rights in quotes, they're not saying that parental rights don't exist, although that is also what they're saying. What they're really saying is you're using that as a cover for being a Nazi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I don't think they are, but uh, anyway, carry on, sorry. But the media failed to say that our children are being sexualized in schools. And this is the pushback yes. from parents suddenly realizing our education system and government don't necessarily want the best for children and we want to get involved. Go That's bad. Going back to Maximilian Kral's <laughs> uh, position, uh, was it the, 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 the disdain for liberal policies on climate, gender, and LGBTQ issues and the immigration, uh, yes, all of these things are a reflection of that. They're normal people who are just sensible like probably not even that political before it intruded in their lives. Yep. They're saying, look, I don't want my children perverted. I don't want my country taken over by immigrants. I don't want all my money being sent all over the world. I just want to be have a normal country, please. That's all it is. Yeah, no, 100%. That's what far right is these days. But it goes and says they're trying to... I don't to... want children to be trafficked in elite network. It's far right. Typical far righter. As Graham Linham pointed out <laughs> yeah, in that exactly. interview. Graham, Graham Linham, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, men can't become women. Far right, God. <laughs> so in this article by PBS, which is the BBC of America, yeah. uh, it says they have sought to take over school boards. They're setting up a clash with teachers' unions and right. others who view them as toxic. Um, Brilliant. They have spent their first two years inflaming school board meetings yes. with aggressive complaints. Get them. Uh, the school, the group's support for school choice and the fundamental right of parents to direct their children's education. Yeah. It is the fundamental right you of parents. You would think so, but yeah, these are communists <laughs> and they think that everyone belongs to the state. So, I mean, I agree, but then I'm far right according to this definition as well. Oh, you, are you started the trend or you uh, continue the trend? You, cat you catalyze the trend. Uh, maybe. Uh, I, just, I just think these are all really sensible things that all of these people are saying. Is so, and then it it, it goes a couple of other things there. Why yeah. they're um, why they're far right? Of course, it brings in Southern Law, Southern Poverty Law Center has labored them an extreme. Then they must yeah be. exactly by who yeah, yeah. The Southern Poverty Law Center. Well, then they would, wouldn't they? The, the extreme group has labored them extreme. Yeah, exactly. The radical communists are like they're extremists. Yes, good. Um, I wouldn't support them if you didn't call them extreme. No. But it ends off by saying, editor's note on this article, editor's note, the headline for this story has been updated to identify Moms for Liberty as a far-right group. So I guess they were just, they weren't far-right, they were just maybe right, I don't know. A group of conservative mothers who didn't want weird stuff in their kids' schoolrooms. But now they're far-right. But the editor fixed that. Yeah. Whoa, 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 go, go come far-right. I mean, it's becoming a, a less and less scary word, isn't it? A scary yep. phrase. That's far right. It's like, good, because if it wasn't, I wasn't going to vote for it. Exactly. <laughs> if you're not being called far right by the extremists, then you're not getting my vote. Can I just finish off on Lord Pearson? Of course. Well, radicalism 
This was a question Lord Pearson posted in June and then a follow-up question, mm -hmm. and it was about far right. And Lord Pearson asked Her Majesty's government, further to the remarks by the Minister of State for Immigration in answer to Stephen Farr on 20th of March, whether they have adopted a common definition of far right, and if so, what is it? Now, this is intriguing. What have the government told the public is the definition of far right? This is going to be good. I can feel it. Well, the Intelligence and Security Committee's report on extreme right-wing terrorism, uh, we didn't, what's terrorism got to do with it? But anyway, far right has now become far right terrorism. So Steve Bannon did a debate, I think it was Dave, against David Frum uh, a few years ago before Trump won. And he had this one line in there that really struck me. Because David from, I think it was David from, it's like, oh, well, you know, this far right stuff, ooh, you know, you're anti-democracy. He's like, no, 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 we're not anti-democracy. We love democracy because we're going to win elections. We're going to smash this. And as you can see from the AFD and the Swiss parties and Maloney and all the, and the Polish, no, no, we, we're popular. We're going to yeah. win the elections. Yeah. We're fine with democracy. You know, we do not need terrorism. Yeah. But I love it. It's, so yeah, I don't know why you bring terrorism in. No. But anyway, carry on. Terrorism. So this extreme right-wing terrorism defines far-right as an umbrella term to encapsulate the entire movement which has a far-right political outlook. Okay, so those, that's not an answer. It, uh, I, I'm well, outlook in relation to matters such as culture, race, immigration, identity. Okay, so that doesn't. Ex am I, have I lost something or missed something? No. It, it, literally references itself in the definition and that creates a recursive loop of definite of meaning yeah so a far-right thing is what what was it exactly again sorry like so far-right is an umbrella term to encapsulate the entire movement which is a far-right political outlook right okay relation. so right so every yeah. you can literally take that entire sentence up until the word far-right and replace that instance of far-right with that sentence you can copy and paste it yeah it becomes a recursive loop that never finishes this is why you can't use the word itself in its own definition. This is nonsense. That is not a definition. That has described nothing. You've not told us. If you'd said a far-right a far political agenda is uh, ending immigration, it is promoting family values, it is making sure that uh, like inflation is as low as it could be, it's about so low right. taxes, it's about, yeah, I know, I'd be like, okay, great, <laughs> I'm voting for it, you know. <laughs> Who is the furthest right if that's far right, you know? But they can't do that because that makes us sound good. Last final follow-up that he asked and got a reply back. And he went back and asked them, what criteria are used to determine <laughs> whether groups or individuals have a far right outlook? Yeah. Don't have to be terrorists. The Intelligence and Security Committee's 2022 report on extreme right-wing terrorism. Yeah. Again, terrorists. Considers far-right political outlook as views that Western civilizations are under threat from non-native people and ideas. Is yeah. that is that not so? That means that if you're concerned that China is a threat to the West, or I'm if, concerned America is a threat to the West. Well, yeah, like critical race theory did not come from China. Yes. Like, I'm sorry, <laughs> but Western civilizations are under. You could yeah, some absolutely. say China, some say Russia. Yeah. There are other countries that don't have the best interests of the West. So I mean, any, literally, Russia's invading Ukraine yeah. right now. Just, okay. So anyone with those views, anyone in the <laughs> government who's concerned of Russia and their impact on Western civilizations is far right. Okay. Therefore, the whole government are far right. 
concerned about communism, socialism, uh, critical race theory, any of those things. I mean, fascism, you know, that would be a far rightist would be saying, well, that's a foreign ideology because it comes from Italy. Sorry, are we not concerned about that now? Oh, you're far right because you don't like fascism. So what, this is all nonsense. So it's not only gone from trending to including everyone in that. So most normal people are far right. But, Understood. But on, on Wikipedia, just fi- my final line on Wikipedia, um, it does, which is the arbiter of truth, it says far right policies have led to oppression, oh, yeah. political violence, yeah. forced assimilation, yeah. ethnic cleansing, and genocide. They put a socialist flag on there. That's interesting. Why would you put a socialist flag up? Anyway, over to you, Carl. Yeah, we'll leave that one there. <laughs> Amazing. Maximilian. <laughs> Maximilian Krah. <laughs> but again, it sounds like some sort of Warhammer barbarian. Uh, <laughs> so I thought I'd do a follow-up to one of Connor's clips uh, yesterday, on the segments on the podcast yesterday, because I found a bunch of stuff that really was very revealing about the uh, illegal immigrants that are crossing the channel in small boats. Uh, and this really just... I think the best thing to do is literally just put them on TV and let them speak about why they're here. Because you realize, hang on a second, there's no one who's in their home. They're in their living room. And this guy's just giving his story and be like, hang on, I'm not in favor of that. You know, no one's in favor of what you're about to hear. And uh, I'd like to thank Victoria Derbyshire for doing such a great <laughs> job on this. Uh, when we get to it, you can see that she was not expecting this answer. Right? She, she had a narrative in her head and the migrant didn't uh, adhere to this narrative. Anyway, but before we begin, uh, go and watch uh, the latest Brokenomics, which is with me and Dan, which is decivilization. Because I, I posted a Twitter thread, uh, uh, just a long essay basically on Twitter, saying that everyone can feel that things are collapsing and illegal immigration is one of the things that's making everything collapse. And there's a really great conversation between me and Dan, and I strongly recommend it. I really enjoyed it. Uh, anyway, so beginning with Ukrainian refugees, who are genuine refugees. And we know they're genuine refugees because refugees are people who are fleeing war zones in the traditional definition of what a refugee is. Uh, and yes, there is a war in Ukraine that the Russians appear to have invaded, uh, started by invading Ukraine. I'm going to get in a lot of trouble for saying that. I'm not interested in the Ukraine war, really. Uh, so if you have lots of angry comments about it, okay, that's great. Feel free to tweet at me. Um, but they are at least legitimate refugees. And according to the UN Refugee Agency, 90% of them are women and children, the people you'd expect to be refugees from a war zone. So the Ukrainians were like, no, all of the men are not allowed to leave because you have to fight for the defense of your country. Totally respectable, totally honorable, totally exactly what you would expect to see in such a case. And the women and children can go somewhere safe, a friendly country. Uh, most of them are in places like Poland or Romania. But, you know, a few, uh, I think it was like 100,000 or something have come here. And yeah, okay, fine. That's totally fine. Actual refugees, people who genuinely need the help, no problem at all. When it comes to the boat people, mm. weird that 90% of them, the total, the complete mirror image of this, 90% of these people are male. And they actually don't come from countries that are currently involved in an active war. So why are they here? Maybe those are women who identify as men. Well, that's a great question, but apparently uh, no one's asked them how they identify, actually. So as the BBC have told us recently, 
Uh, there are more than a th- hundred thousand of these people since 2018 have crossed uh, hundreds a day, thousands a week, uh, who are just taking up your money to live in hotels. God only knows what the conservative government will do, put them in a bloody barge. Oh no, the barge is like making them seasick or something. I don't know what it was. You know, we don't like barges. We're afraid of the water. Oh, shut up, you grifters. <laughs> but they ask, I mean, they have come in a little dinghy and yet they don't like yeah. the water. I don't believe if you. If I didn't like the water, I would not go near a dinghy. They're lying. They're obviously lying. And everyone knows they're lying because we just give them free accommodation and free money. And then we don't expect anything of them because asylum seekers are actually not allowed to work mm. until they've been given refugee status. So they, they are literally prohibited from working. They're given uh, 40 pounds a week and have all their food and board paid for. So they're given a bunch of free money. And th- that comes in chunks as well, by the way. They don't like, you know, give them 40 pounds. They give them like a grand or something. And then they just sat around smoking and drinking. And we know because they're in a bloody hotel just around the corner. We see them outside just sitting around smoking and drinking in the middle of the day doing nothing. And we're paying for this, right? So I've got no sympathy. We're paying for this. And of course, they're in France trying to get over. I mean, uh, listening yeah. this morning to a really sorry, but I was listening to Radio 4 as I was driving along because I couldn't get a, re- a reception for most other things. Jazz FM wasn't working. Now there was absolute 90s. So anyway, uh, listening and they were talking to, they were uh, talking about the, 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 the boots coming over. And yep. someone... I think had phoned in with a reasonable question. They didn't carry it on, and they phoned Why in young men to say, "Well, they said one. They said they're they're men. Where the women? But also they said, well, they're in France, which is a, a safe country.' And the response was, "Oh no, they all speak English. They want to get to to Britain. Oh, oh, do they? Do but they? my thought is, if they speak Arabic, then is Arabic not the second language in France? So they could a, stay yes. there." But B, why are they leaving North Africa at all? Again, what war are they fleeing in North Africa? And the answer is, of course, none. None. Because these are not refugees. They're adventurers, as we will see shortly. In fact, this is one of the things that Connor uh, covered yesterday, which I thought I'd put. Uh, I've moved that, so it's the last one. Yeah, Connor covered this yesterday, where basically there's essentially um, an industry of Instagram advertising for Western women uh, on on Instagram, uh, they post videos of women on nights out, so the joke's quite scantily. Obviously, you can see there's Arabic writing across the front of it, which I can't see, but I can't imagine is, uh, oh, I'm a, I'm a giant feminist, and isn't this empowering? And lots of videos of them showing Arab riots in France, actually, as well. And so this all looks rather predatory. Uh, as Connor put it, it's like advertising conquest like a travel agency, which is fair. And apparently, the guy who found all of this says, look, if I use a North African VPN on Instagram, Instagram recommends me these videos and the problem monetized accounts as well, right? So they're being literally paid by Instagram and the, the algorithm is promoting essentially come over and get the Western women you can. Uh, so is this China trying to destroy the West? Uh, well, Instagram is an American company. Okay. okay so it's owned by Facebook. So I, I don't think this is any more than uh, ignorance to be mm. honest. I think these people don't care the, 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 People traffickers have just found a way to game the system, and they're doing it. And it's like we don't. We don't not, why do we care what's on North African Instagram? Because it's exactly the same on TikTok, and the same yeah. method is yeah. used. And yeah. if you sort out how the algorithms work and the phrases to use that don't get you caught, then yeah. it's all been advertised yeah. openly. If you know what you're looking for, same yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, go watch Connor's segment if you want more on that. Uh, but anyway, so I thought I'd, I'd address the the narrative. 
about uh, refugees. Why do they come here? And this is one refugee organization, Oasis Cardiff, and they say people flee their home in their country because they're in danger. They cannot see a viable future for themselves or their family in their home country. That's interesting. I can't see a future for them. What do you mean? Well, I'm not going to make as much money as I wanted to. Like, that's, that's not what a refugee is. A refugee is someone fleeing wars, right? They're fleeing conflict, violence, persecution, discrimination, right? Or increasingly, climate-related pressures. Oh, are they? They're fleeing climate change, are they? <laughs> they were like, my God, did you see the size of the iceberg that carved in the an an Antarctic the other day? Uh, I'm going to have to flee Ghana now. <laughs> like, this is just the end of life in Ghana. I, I read a story about a Syria <clears throat> group of Syrian refugees who were sent down the brute. Oh, up yeah. on the Outer Hebrides, and two weeks later they had begged to be taken back to Syria. <laughs> well, there were some in Iraq. When, when ISIS were running around Iraq, uh, there were some Iraqi refugees who were sent to Finland, uh, and they got a plane back to Baghdad because it was too cold. So, <laughs> yeah, but aren't you more worried about being killed by ISIS? Like, not really. No, no. You want to be warm? Yeah, it was. Warm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a big thing. Sorry for interrupting your holiday with the cold weather. Um, so anyway, let's go to the uh, Red Cross. Why do people come? And they've got lots of uh, things in here. And you can see there's, these are the narratives, right? So they want to um, join people that have already made it to the UK, so chain migration. Uh, so yeah. if the men get over on those boats, then all the families can come over and join them. That, theoretically, but these are uh, they're talking about people crossing the English Channel specifically. Okay. So the men themselves are joining people who are already here, they mm. say. Uh, but I mean, who you know? How many cousins does Abdul have in the UK? And if none of them actually have passports because they've all destroyed them, how do you prove that? Who knows, right? But it doesn't matter. That's fine. Uh, and as you say, the, the next one, they know some of the language. They've, they've got a, a very broken grasp of pidgin English. Brilliant! <laughs> Come over, lads. Can't wait to have you. Uh, and so they, they, I love this. Knowing that some of the language gives women, men, and children, or what women and children. Uh, the best possible chance of rebuilding their lives. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. What do you mean rebuilding your lives? Right. Refugees. There's a war. Refugees flee. The war ends. Refugees go home. They don't build new lives in the countries that took them in because surely they want to live in their home. Right. But if these guys aren't fleeing a war and none of the places that these people are fleeing from appear to have wars in them currently, why would they want to go home? These people are very picky. I mean, they get to Greece or picky. they get to Italy. Nah, then they try Austria. They go into Germany, yeah. into France, England. I mean, where do you go when you've tried them all and you don't like any of them? I guess I'll go back home, you know, <laughs> to, to the oppression of living where I was born and raised. Uh, and some refugees are forced to rely on people smugglers to get them to a safe country. Uh, and therefore, they don't have any control over where they go. And it's like, yeah, but you didn't have to get on the boat. You had to pay for the people smugglers. You were in France. But also, look at this picture. A bit whitewashed, isn't it? Oh, it is. Sorry, are we saying there are Ukrainian women on the boats coming across? Because none of the pictures show that, actually. And why wouldn't we fly the Ukrainian women over? Very whitewashed. Deeply disrespectful, I think, to the people of color who are coming across. Can I, sorry, there was, a, there was a line on above that. Yeah, you go. Um, and in the middle paragraph yeah. there, it says, it is much easier for people to make friends, volunteer, study at school, oh, book yeah. doctor's appointments, and navigate the complex legal process of claiming asylum if they have some familiar with the language. It doesn't matter what language you speak. You're going to have difficulty getting into school. You're not going to doctor's appointment. I'm sure you're how volunteering you to, all over the place, yeah, though. How are you going to navigate? volunteers, lads. <laughs> volunteers. Bollocks. 
bollocks. We're short of volunteers. We need to bring people from <laughs> the Middle East or North Africa. We can literally see them outside the hotel. They're not volunteering for anything. <laughs> Liars. We need volunteers. Come on, Carl. I just can't take it. Man. But anyway, it makes you wonder, though, why they don't just go to Germany. I mean, look how much money Germans give them. 135 euros a week. Definitely go there. I might be a bloody asylum seeker in Germany. Guten Tag. Money, please. Did you get that for a two-week holiday as well? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've, go to Germany. I've got to pay to go to these countries. <laughs> I pay to go to Italy and Greece. <laughs> God, it annoys me. Anyway, so on LBC, one asylum seeker ran in. Rang in. He was like, look, I'm from Eritrea. And I came here in 2005 on the back of a lorry. Uh, he applied for his asylum. And again, 2005. So he came here. Five. He came here nearly 20 years ago, right? Um, he got his citizenship, now works as a taxi driver. And he explains why he didn't stay in France. Because he's got a very French accent. Oh, well, listen to this. I came through France uh, All right. in 2005. And the thing is, I mean, the, the French, they don't really look after the immigrants the way the British do. What, what would you say is the, absolute, the, the difference between the way the French approach the problem and the way we approach the problem, Danny? Well, I mean, the French, they kind of uh, push you out of the country. They don't really want to. I, I remember when I was trying to, to, to come to UK, I mean, they, were, they, was, they, they, they used to show us the, uh, the lorries that goes to UK, you know what yeah. I mean? So, I mean, it's, it's, it's like the way the British handle the, 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 the refugee and the, the, the rights that you have. I think that's was appealing to all the migrants. The, 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 the French police kind of help you to, they just push you out of the country. Mm. And uh, people don't really understand. I kept hear, hearing people saying, why they don't stay in France or in, in Italy. They just, they don't want you there. They just want you to go out. And um, Brit Britain is the only country that helps you to, to achieve what you want. Isn't that fascinating? The French help you to leave. They help you get on the lorry. They push you out of the country. They're soft, you know, they're, they're, they're hard about it. They don't want you there. And Britain is the only place where you've got rights, where they help you get what you want. It's like, uh, why are you, I mean, you're from Eritrea. There's not a war there. Yep. And he, he goes, well, look, it was a dictatorship. And it's like, so? Well, that, that's not our problem. There's Do you want no us to affinity with Britain either, is there? No, well, I mean, for, for about 15 years, I think, we administered Eritrea after taking off the Italians. Well, they must all come here then. Well, exactly. I mean, if you want Britain to reconquer and re-administer your country, that's a different conversation. You know, and a lot of these people seem to actually be making that case, actually. They're like, yeah, well, there's no opportunity there because it's run poorly. It's like, it didn't used to be, did it? You know, it didn't <laughs> exactly. used to be. Oh, well, well independence movement, shut up. Okay, shut up. But, <laughs> Would you like a blueprint? Yeah, exactly. Fix it? We, we, we could send an advisor over, you know, and, uh, and so and it, it's just one of those things. I mean, but no, notice how he's not like, oh, uh, you know, I, I'm in dire need. I mean, he does, in, in there he does go, well, it was a brutal dictatorship. It's like, yeah, there's brutal dictatorships everywhere. Everywhere. You know, that doesn't Even make, under Biden. Yeah, that doesn't make you a refugee. Uh, you know, people fleeing, to, America's fleeing to Canada to escape Biden's regime. Maybe he fled here to volunteer. No, he didn't. He fled, no. here. He fled here to get work. And now he works as a taxi driver in London. Uh, but the point is, he says, look, the migrants probably see us as a soft touch. They're not going to get rid of us. And the French are going to literally shove them onto the lorries and doubtless shove them onto the boats. I mean, where are the migrants getting the small boats from? Yep. You know, have they got the money to order these boats off Amazon or whatever? You know, the French are obviously giving them them. Uh, yep. But uh, anyway, so moving on, like Dominic Raab, uh, 
back onto that. There we go. Yeah. Uh, Dominic Raab uh, had said, uh, one pull factor is think people thinking that if they come here illegally, they'll be housed in a hotel. Yeah, no doubt, because we are housing them in hotels. It's literally costing us three billion pounds a year to put up a bunch of foreign men who have illegally come to this country to get a holiday, which is literally what's happening. But if they come for seeking safety, those two words, then that is in every single European country. There is perfect yeah. safety. Yes, there is literally no justification. Um, but that's not what's being said. And uh, of course, the Guardian are like, well, while it's not yet illegal to claim asylum in the UK, <laughs> the government now routinely refers to asylum seekers as illegal immigrants. Well, it's only because they literally arrived here illegally, right? This hostile and negative term helps create a collective forgetting of who asylum seekers are and the circumstances they ever get escape from. So we're taking the French approach, is the Guardian's objection, right? Um, but the, again, the circumstances they've escaped from. Okay, not having a first world country does not make you a refugee. Yep. Right? That's yep. what they're complaining about. Like, oh, well, you know, we, we want opportunity in Britain. We're not, on a, we're not a bloody new frontier. Like this is an ancient, settled country. You can piss off, yep. basically. Right? And then you get, obviously, the lefties, right? And just the really brain-dead left-wing takes. Let's have a listen to this. We are a nation of migrants. Nation There's hardly, migrants. hardly probably anybody that lives in the UK that doesn't originally come from somebody who migrated here. <laughs> uh, we absolutely should open our doors. And people keep going on about, there was mentions about, well, if they're illegal, I heard somebody on the news yesterday said, but if they're illegal, we've got to put them somewhere. They're not illegal. They are migrants from somewhere. I mean, what would people feel? I'm a teacher. I have to speak to my kids about this. I say, how would you feel if something suddenly happened here? Really suddenly, you didn't expect a war, something. And we wanted, and we had to send our children somewhere. We had to flee somewhere. Wouldn't we expect to be seen with open arms? But what if there's not a war? Because that's the point. The world is actually not. Because this is, this is the assumption that all of these left-wing teachers who regularly propagandize their own students make. They, the, the assumption that they're making, oh, what if there's a war? So, okay, but what if there's not a war? Like, none of the people so far, mm. apart from the Ukrainians, who we actually have taken in, and who have actually sent legitimate refugees, as in women and children, they, you know, that's fine, bring them in. No one's complaining about the, those people. They're complaining that literally the people who are not fleeing war are still breaking in and being treated as if they are. Why are we using this as the, as the standard? This Francis is, says, what if something happened here? What, you mean if you get a rubbish government and yeah. you have a media that hits you? Don't have any opportunities. And you can't get an appointment to the doctors? I mean, I, yeah. I, I need to go somewhere. I'm a refugee. Uh, where am I going to go? Like, where am I going to go? Literally, where am I going to go? You know, To the far right, Switzerland. I guess, yeah. Switzerland, you've got to let me in. Yep. You know, you can't be against refugees, Switzerland. But uh, how about Albania then? It's just one example. Is there a war in Albania? What does this woman have to say about the war in Albania? Don't the Albanians need someone to go, well, I mean, actually, the Albanian ambassador to the UK told MPs that, quote, some Albanian migrants come to the UK to seek out business opportunities. Right, so not refugees then, right? He also claimed that some pretended to be victims of modern slavery. <laughs> oh, did they? Falklands expert Andy Hoxhaj estimated that around 40% of people leave Albania for, quote, economic opportunities. Right. I mean, I'm not angry at them for doing that. I don't blame them for doing that. But that doesn't mean we need to take them. That doesn't mean we need, that doesn't mean that 
doesn't mean we need to create a fictional narrative. What if there's a war? There's not a war. They're just here for loot. They, they're looking for money. And I'm not saying they're not even going to work for it. I'm saying we don't owe them anything. Albania, never part of the British Empire, go away. Right? Maybe they could stay in Albania and fix the country, which is a bleep bleep in the middle of Europe. Well, I mean, that would be what I would think these people would have to do. And in fact, that's, that's exactly the question, right? Maybe they could stay and fix their own countries, right? But anyway, that's the narrative. And so when Victoria Derbyshire oh, please had, on, listen to her. had on her show one migrant from uh, somewhere in West Africa, I can't remember where it was off the top of my head, uh, she just asked him, so why have you come? You left the Gambia age 15, you went through all these countries, then you made the treacherous journey in the dinghy. Why did you leave your home to, tr to get to Europe? Good evening to everybody. Um, I think, first of all, uh, I left my country because uh, each and every one of us has the right uh, to freedom of movement. We are all born free without can, so we all have the right to move to wherever you want to move. And in certain situations, people move also because of political reasons, because of social reasons, and also because of economic reasons. I left my country, the Gambia, because I felt that I could not realize my dream there. At the same time, I was going to school, but at a certain point, I became a dropout because education in Africa, especially in Gambia, is very expensive. So I left my country in order to pursue for higher education. Okay. And you would have known that getting in that boat to cross the Mediterranean could have... Could, could have killed you. Why did that not stop you? I mean, uh, when people decide to, 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 to make this journey, they will decide, they decide to make the journey. I decided to left my country in order to reach Europe because so I wanted to realize my dream. He doesn't care. She's like, oh, the risk-averse middle-aged woman it's like, oh my God, why'd you get on the boat? That might be dangerous. It's like, you were dealing with a young man off on an adventure. Young men are risk takers. They don't think they're going to die in the boat. You know, they're happy to take the risk. They think they can save themselves. But her face, he's just like, yeah, I came here for opportunity. I came yeah. here to make money, I, I, to realize my dream. And she's like, oh, is this live? Can we say, oh, it is yeah. live. We can't start it again. I, I, I was meant to be portraying <laughs> you as a victim of persecution. Or something. It's like no. I'm. A, I'm a chancer, is what he says. But Carl, even worse, he wasn't fleeing war. No, he wasn't fleeing, fleeing drought. He's a dropout. He was a dropout. Come on, he was a dropout. He's he a dropout. He, he wants to realize his dream, don't you know? It's like Victoria. They're not like us, and you don't understand. That's what this is, right? You did not know what you were getting into. This guy doesn't. He doesn't think he's done anything wrong. And really, from his perspective, he probably hasn't. We've done something wrong for allowing him in. He should just be sent back. No chancer out. No adventure for you here. You're not going to be taking things that don't belong to you. Go back to Ghana, get back into education, stop being a dropout, make something of yourself where you belong. And this, I think, really is totally summarized in the attitude that these migrants have coming across. This was on GB News the other day, and I think it's fascinating because you would think, again, I saw lots of videos of the Ukrainian women and they were just, oh yeah, I'm, I'm so grateful to be here. Because, of course, I was worried about getting bombed by the Russians. I was genuinely afraid for my life. Well, not the young men who, the young chancers who are prepared to get on the boat in order to try and make their, realize their dreams in Britain, like we're some sort of just, again, undiscovered country. Right? No, this is their attitude. What was the mood amongst them? Did they seem happy to be arriving in the UK? 
I would say very entitled, to be honest, because this is what this is the usual demeanour you get. You don't get if these people were actually refugees, you would get humility, you'd get gratitude. But what you get is a, an attitude of entitlement. Sometimes they come in. Now, they didn't do this yesterday, but sometimes they, they do gangland signs at each other. Um, they make comments at the locals. That's happened as well. I won't repeat one particular comment that was made to a colleague of mine. Um, and they just seem to be, you know, oh, we're here and let's get on our phones and tell everybody we're here. No doubt they've done a TikTok video. Which they do. She they gets do. it. <laughs> they, exactly. They do all of these things. They're very entitled because they are here to get something. This is an adventure. We go over this all the time, but they are not fleeing wars. The, the narrative that they are just poor, persecuted refugees just keeps getting destroyed when these men are allowed to speak on television. Why did you come here? Ah, I was looking for something cool. It's very good that the RNLI were there to pick them up after they got into a dinghy in the busiest boat lane in the world. Yes. And, oh, there's a taxi service. Thank you. That's lucky, isn't it? It is. Anyway, we'll leave that there. Um, let's go to the video comments. All right. Today we have Symphora carpus albus levigata. This is the California snowberry. There's several types across the U.S. These are really good for bank stabilization. Birds love the berries. Hummingbirds love the flowers and they grow by rhizome so you can see a little baby one right there this is one that i actually bought for my backyard so i'll plant it soon does good in the shade and i have a perfect shady spot where i want it to spread tons very cool i don't know anything about horticulture neither do i every friday sends the video and uh was that the only one was it probably because the 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 uh the thing's broken but uh, right let's go to the reading comments on the site right so uh the french boat merchant must be making out like a bandit, uh, says they don't cancel pedos. That's absolutely true. They don't take down the accounts of murderers. They don't take down the accounts of literal pedophiles. But they do cancel people who say things that are far right. Uh, Arizona Desert Rat says, any bets on how long it's going to be until this Jones guy gets cancelled? If it was just criticism, fewer people would care. Well, no one would care. Mm. Like, no, there would be no concept of cancel culture if it was people are criticizing me on social media. I mean, literally, you can go back to like 2015, 2016, when it was just a big free-for-all and everyone was going hammer and tongs in it. And no one was like, oh, no, cancel culture, because there was no such thing. Didn't exist. Carl, you've introduced one of your viewers to Owen Jones. See that? This Jones Have guy. I haven't got... You've oh, yeah, 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 yeah. When he said Jones, I thought it was Alex Jones, but no. No, <laughs> no, no, Owen Jones, yeah. Um, it's the destruction of one's work, reputation, finances, and life for daring not to be in lockstep. Well, that's the point, isn't it? Because Owen Jones will never be cancelled because he's in lockstep with whatever the progressive narrative is on that day. Uh, and he knows he's so such a phenomenal creature of the power structure that they will invite him on television in order to literally belittle and talk down the concerns of those people who are actually being censored. Like That's how in the cocoon of safety Owen Jones is. Omar says, cancel culture is a matter of proportionality. But more importantly, scope. If you go on an istism phobic screed at work, it's a proportional punishment to lose your job for damaging the company's reputation or business. The left have expanded the scope of consequences to permanent exile and denial of participation in society for internal expressions of opinion in your own head, at least if they, if they would, they would if they could, if they could find a way to read minds. Uh, yeah, well, that's true. But 
that's the point, isn't it? It's it's the fact that there is the progressive witch hunt that literally the Biden administration was legally prevented from engaging in order to get this done. Awful. Sophie says, we also know the real problem isn't people who are already famous getting cancelled. Yes, because that's the thing, isn't it? Like, uh, you know, Nigel Farage, Andrew Doyle, Graham Lennon, they'll, they'll find somewhere to do their things. You know, there'll be someone who is politically sympathetic and they're famous enough for it to be worth the while of the person who's going to host them to do it. Um, but as they say, uh, the issue is all the regular people being constantly cancelled. Regular people who are having their lives destroyed, whose job is contacted by leftist lunatics and getting them fired. And usually working class people who are legitimately poor people uh, who are the very people who suffer from these kind of champagne socialist politics. They are the ones who are being cancelled and quieted, not allowed a voice, and thus forced to live under a tyranny that will not listen to them. That's where the real issue is. And that's why it's so good that Nigel Farage is actually championing this debanking thing. Thank God someone is. Because some conservative leaders, so-called conservative, have said, oh yeah, we couldn't open a bank account either. Why do you not do anything about it? Why, yeah, why don't you say something? Why do you need Nigel to step in? Yeah. You're the government. Yeah, you're literally the government. The Legislate. Grant Chap said he had tried three banks at one point and couldn't get it. But why didn't you do something so, about so it? Grant Chaps. Grant Chaps. Oh, the, the f- very far right. Very far right. Very far right. Liberal Democrat conservative. <laughs> Just, God, how preposterous that is, though. I know. But again, he's literally in government. Yeah. What position is he on? Like deputy prime minister or something. It was all different stuff. Transport yeah. sector, all different yeah. stuff. But it took Nigel, and Nigel is the big beast, and he can actually make things happen. But the, they're the government that can I literally know. have legislated this. I'd be doing. I'd be legislating. My Rishi team. said no. <laughs> Alexander says people like Owen when they mock the idea of cancel culture, all focus on it being big name right wingers from positions to survive the cancelling. Uh, but they ignore, pretend it doesn't happen to random nobodies who get cancelled who have no platform to voice the injustice. Basically, yeah. So, you know, Sophie's comment basically echoed, but that's completely true. And that's all. And so Owen Jones, and again, the, when people actually being cancelled have things taken away from them, you know, they don't get the opportunity to write in newspapers. They don't get the opportunity to go on the radio or on TV. Uh, RJ says, I've heard a few people moan about cancel culture being a nothing burger. Enrages me so much because cancel culture isn't about criticizing people; it's about ruining their career. I've been canceled twice from music. Once, revol- once resulted in having a music deal being dropped because the label wanted to be inclusive of everyone, and that's a brilliant way of being inclusive, excluding mm. a bunch of people. Uh, the second time, I had people lying about me and accusing me of being a Nazi due to supporting Dank's trial. Uh, if anything, this was a win because it pushed me more to the right, which seemed to happen to a lot of a lot of canceled people these days. Uh, yeah, it's just the way it is. Uh, Free Will says, the Ministry of Love has decreed that only Ingsoc comedy is acceptable. Double plus unfun. Yes. Lord Nerevar says, good to know I cancel every company that brings out terrible product and every person, the crap opinion I see online. I feel very powerful now. Yeah, if critique was cancelling, yep. I mean, I've cancelled everything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the French boat merchant again says, cancel culture is when the oligarchy uses the mob to destroy your lives. Until they are satisfied, then acts like you no longer exist at best or continues destroying you forever at worst. Mm. Yes. So the comments on the trendy far right. Mm. JJHW, the government's definition of far, far right is a tautology. Yes. We go Henry Ashman, 
if you ever wanted examples of the drift of the overt wind over time, just look at what the mainstream press considers far right these days and compare it to political policy in the 90s and early 2000s. Uh, there's a great example of this is um, Bill Clinton. If you look at Donald Trump's platform, it's essentially the same as Bill Clinton's mm. manifesto from like 1996, where he's literally, we need, you know, we need a strong wall. We need, you know, sensible controls, blah, 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 all this sort of stuff. And it's like literally word for word what Donald Trump is saying. And all it took is like 20 years for it to become radical far right. Yeah. 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 Complete champ. Totally true. People think far right means death camps and taking over the world by military force, who nowadays wanting to be left alone in the Shire like Tolkien's hobbits as far right. No, that's literally <laughs> correct. Leave me alone. The, the hobbits are literally far right for being just traditional. Dan Taylor, Owen Jones' body language provides evidence that he knows he's lying. It's actually obvious when observed. However, it's obvious that, that Owen Jones is a paid shill piece of the left. He's here to reinforce the left's narrative in an effort to debunk accusations of Graham Lynham's recent cancellation. Yeah, that's why he was doing his little tour. Yeah. Graham Lynham got, again, legitimately cancelled. And then Jones is like, oh, you're just complaining about being criticized on the internet. No, well, then stop taking things away from me. Like, if that is, you know, I love cancel culture to literally just be people critiquing on the internet. That'd be amazing. <laughs> that would be called critical debate. Yes, that would be cancel a, culture. an open marketplace of ideas. Um. Omar Awad, it's somehow shocking to the left that people who generally like their life and country don't want to change it. We just wanted to play video games isn't a lamentation, but a warning. Mm. Their opposition only exists because they created them. That's very true. George Happ, being against pedophilia equates to far right in the Frankfurt School context. It does. Yeah. Where, where a bunch of denigrate academics promoted these ideas. Now the media is using the same rhetoric. And some of those headlines are just, how on earth is that? Looking after your children, being against pedophilia is just... You know, in the late 90s, a bunch of left-wing intellectuals and politicians in Germany decided it would be a good idea to house orphan children with known pedophiles. You can imagine how that went. I only stopped in 2002. Mm. Like, so that's really recent. But the German state policy was house orphan with pedophile because surely that's a match made in heaven right yeah. it's like that is just unbelievable and if i'm far right for saying that's wrong so be it yeah yeah keep it trending free will 2112 all the major parties are in sock yeah, yeah pretty playing much. out for our eyes umar awud bit of a spicy comment i say it would be interesting to see how the left would argue against people then find as Jewish. Um, if it's a religion, anyone who can believe it's a race. Well, you, you've got Judaism as interest because you've got that mix yeah. of race and religion. It's got two aspects. So, yeah, it has got. Um, and that's what I think Islam tries to bring in as well. Mm. That mixture where it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's religious ideology, not a race. Yes. Yep. Um, as Desert Rat, didn't you know, Carl, anything right of intersectionality and socialism is far right? Well, I do know that, actually. <laughs> that quickly. That's literally. <laughs> the letter M is for Maximilian. <laughs> <laughs> what an M. Well, I think he changed it specifically for this podcast. <laughs> the rights in parental rights clearly must stand for far right. I cannot see how else yeah. this can be. The far, parental far rights, yeah. Yep. And the last one is Lord Nerever. Our job is to turn a trend into a paradigm. Yes. 
Just stay reasonable and make far right ideas attractive and we'll be there. Yes, that's that's literally the goal. Just show that, you know, the things that the uh, far right, like, like I said in my tweet, that it's only a matter of time until these just harmonize with good things, moral things, common sense and true things. And this is genuinely like where all of the people are being called far right, especially at Pierre Bolivar and stuff like that. It's like, these are totally normal, sensible things and everyone can see it. If they're calling you far right, you're doing something right. That's the point. Badge of honor. Not, not just badge of honor, just, you know, sensible center. Yeah. Uh, the letter M is for Maximilian says, if the people are actually, quote, fleeing from a war and, and, and 90% of them are fighting age men, they clearly aren't very loyal to their own country of origin. Will they be remotely loyal to Britain? Well, I mean, the obvious answer is no, they won't be in any way loyal to Britain. But uh, yeah, we're, we're taking in the world's cowards and dropouts. It's like, so why? Nothing. <laughs> I don't want them. This is why it's costing us three billion in um, what was it a month or something? It's, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. literally billions we are spending on these bloody hotels on the asylum application. Why do you want to yeah. come here? Because I'm a dropout. Oh, that's fine. You've passed all the criteria. Well done. Yeah, Welcome. I'm a cowardly <laughs> dropout. Please put me in a four star hotel. <laughs> As Desert Rat says, if Canada is pro immigration, why do they chase people ba uh, back south of their border when the Americans try to run away to Canada after Trump elected? Uh, good question. Uh, the letter M for Maximilian again says, goodness me, this camera in the migrant interview is far right. Uh, yeah. It's just recording him doing all these far right things, like saying crazy things that align totally with the far right narrative on uh, migrants. <coughs> Ewan says, we should start a crowdfunder for a fleet of boats to blockade our taxi service. I have read there have been thoughts of doing that elsewhere. <laughs> I hadn't occurred to me. Captain Carl leading. Well, not me, obviously. I'm not gonna, I'm, 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 I'm busy doing this. But I'm, I'm not against crowdfunding. I mean, this is like the old British attitude. It's like, mm. don't wait for the government to do it. Do it yourself. You know, make, you put your money where your mouth is. I'd donate to that crowdfunder. Yep. <laughs> the French boat merchant says, Japan is an island and manages to stop immigration. UK is an island too. So how can things be this bad? Uh, well, it's not that the... the that, that's the problem with all this. Right, it isn't that we are physically incapable of stopping these people from coming here. It is that we are morally incapable of stopping these people from coming here. Uh, we could do it in a heartbeat. We could literally just put an end to it. But the Conservative government is spineless, and they don't actually want them to stop because they think that they're going to need just the 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 dropout adventurers of the world in order to pay the boomers' pensions. Mm. It's not going to happen. It's just going to make the collapse come faster. Uh, as Desert Rat says, ha I love it when people demand to see know the credentials of the experts. It's not even the credentials he was asking for, just their names. Gone, who are they? Who do they vote for? Uh, Ethelstan95 says, they cannot even find a woman or child to interview for the sake of propaganda. Yeah, I know, that's another amazing thing. Like the, a, few, a few months ago, we did um, one where they had interviewed some Ukrainian women. And the Ukrainian women, oh man, they were far right. Yeah, yeah. God, they, were like, they were put into like Birmingham and they were like, we expected to live around some English people. <laughs> I bet you did. You know, did all these racist comments. Yeah, yeah. We feel unsafe around the Muslims <laughs> uh, because we're from Eastern Europe and we've uh, a long history with Muslims. Yeah. Incredible. Ethelstan says, I hope the history teacher, the, the teacher isn't a history teacher. To be honest, it doesn't matter. She's the, the fact that she's any kind of teacher puts her in a position of authority and she's trying to brainwash these children into accepting hundreds of thousands of people who don't deserve to be here. 
That's enough. What if Britain? What if something happened in Britain, like a war? We'll send our kids to lesser threatened areas of the country, and we stand alone in Europe to fight tyranny, coming to these age-old and precious isles. I mean, that's what actually happened <laughs> when there was a really bad war. Like you know. Anyway, imagine if everyone just fled Britain, World One, World War Two. Yeah. Right, I want you to sign up. No, no, we're we're getting on a boat and going somewhere far yeah. away. We're going to Ireland or something. Oh dear, yeah. Oh dear, it's over. Game over. Yeah, you but, stand and fight. Yeah, exactly. Of course, you've got to fight. But and he says the teacher openly admitting to indoctrinating students about open borders. Yeah, there's no punishment for her politically indoctrinating a student. She can go on TV and just be like, "Yeah, well, I was indoctrinating these kids." So if that was like you know Jacob Rees Mogg or someone like him, yeah, it'd be a national scandal. She says it, it's fine. Don't worry about it. It's totally normal. Uh, Henry says, the only way you can argue everyone in Britain is a descendant of migrants is if you take the position that everyone who lives outside of the African Rift Valley, where early hominids evolved migrants, which includes the indigenous people of the Austra Americas and Australia and Polynesia too, includes literally every human on Earth that doesn't live in Africa at the moment, is a migrant by that standard. Obviously, it's a ridiculous standard that we don't have to accept because it's not true. The English are indigenous to England. They don't come from somewhere else. They don't speak English in Germany. They don't speak English in France or whatever. They speak English in England because it came from here because we're indigenous to this place. Just, I have this conversation with someone on Twitter every single day. Just every single day. Like the Scots are indigenous to Scotland, you know. No, 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 they are. <laughs> they don't, well, they don't speak Scottish in Scotland either, but like, uh, anyway. Uh, Sophie says, if a war broke out in here in Denmark and all the Russians come, came tomorrow, I would stay. But they'd probably make a country less left-wing, wouldn't they? Um, the French boat merchant says, before the refugees come to the UK, they come to France. Before they come to France, they go through Italy. Italy has a record number of migrants this year, thanks to the great work of Maloney. It'll only get worse. Yeah, what do you make of uh, Maloney? That's a big... I've been trying to work this out the last few months, scratching my head and... I've been mean, actually having conversations with, mm -hmm. with Steve Bannon about it because oh, yeah. very behind. And it's intriguing because I don't know whether she's playing it, the game, or, I mean, her views were out there. She had strong views and those have changed. I don't know where she'd be nobbled. I don't know whether she's just playing the game in the short term and therefore able to do long term. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Well, I, I, I think it's about demographics. Mm. I think they're looking at the fact that Italy has one of the lowest birth rates in all yeah. Europe. Yeah, we, we've got like 1.67 or something here, which is a slow decline, but at least it's slow. Uh, Italy's on one, uh, the replacement rate. So in, in about 30 years, Italy's population will crater. Uh, and that, I think, is why Maloney and even Poland has started accepting like 200,000 migrants last year, Poland. It's true, but Hungary and Poland are very family-friendly tax system and yep. they encourage families and big benefits and even then they can't get enough people even then the modern world is doomed to die <laughs> it's, doomed to die. it's killing itself it's literally and i hate to say it, but it's it's women yeah right yep. women women have to have yep. three children yep. on average and if they don't the civilization collapses if they don't you get replaced by a bunch of foreign dropouts and if you don't do that then, I mean, and the thing is, it's like, look, you just kind of have to be blunt about it. Well, that's how it works. Yeah. That's, that's how just life, the world works. Like literally how the civilization <laughs> perpetuates into the future. Women have to have a certain number of children. It's, and it's essentially politically unactionable at this point for our civilization to even continue to exist. Yeah. 
Like there's no government in the West that will turn around and say, no, women, you have to have children. You just have to do it. If you don't do it, there aren't children for the next generation. There is no next generation and no one gets anything. Like, you know, all of the social services you think are important and like women now who are having virtually no children will be like, yeah, but I want my pension. Who's going to pay for it? There's supposed to be grandchildren who are going to pay for that. Yep. I want to be taken care of in a care home. <laughs> By who? Yep. You know? By some refugee? Like, you needed bodies. There had to be physically people there to do the things. And if you're not there, uh, Jack's telling us Hungary's fertility rates have apparently fallen uh, to 1.2. Oh. God. What's that? Well, I thought Orban could fix anything. I mean, if... If literally, because it don't, doesn't Hungary have it so that if you have four children, you don't get taxed? Yeah, something like that. I have yeah, four yeah. children. Yeah. I want yeah. that policy. Yeah. Zero tax, please. For the love of God, you know? But no, our country won't do anything to incentivize it. But, but that's the point. If like the West is literally going to just collapse demographically, then we can't have any of the things. You can't have human rights, you can't have liberalism. You, can't, you, you have an obligation to uphold these things. If you don't do it, then it collapses and then we'll end up going back to some pre enlightenment state of affairs when men are in charge or everything and women don't get the vote it goes back to actually children being educated on responsibility yes and that will. won't change very quickly men have got the responsibility to defend the country mm -hmm. women have the responsibility to perpetuate the country it literally has to happen can't be any other way and if it doesn't happen it won't continue on forever as we're watching as we're living through the collapse of our own civilizations because of birth control anyway on that happy note. On that happy note. <laughs> Peter, where can people find more? They can find us, heartsofoak.org. Uh, mm -hmm. All the videos are there, uh, at Hearts of Oak on Gab, Getter, Truth, uh, at Hearts of Oak UK on Twitter, uh, or in Rumble, or anywhere. Um, so if they just search Hearts of Oak, they can find you. Because you, you interview loads and loads of people who are just right-wing. That's basically what you do, right? We've had a hundred, I'd have 190 now different guests that's the fun part of making that connection yeah, yeah. that networking all over and you meet some great people you learn from it and it's about that networking those alliances connect with people because whatever we do can't be done by ourselves but it's mm -hmm. actually connecting and working together yeah. and having those conversations and what can we do together so yeah and you you but not just that you're getting um really fascinating interviews with just s such a different range of people so you're getting the the topics taken from basically like every angle that's outside of the very closed bubble of the mainstream thought. You know, so you, you, you've got loads of great people. And I think what you're doing is really important. Thank you. And that's why we have you on. Thank you. So, right. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. If you want more from us, of course, go to loadseeds.com, sign up and support us, keep the lights on. That's how we pay for everything. And we'll see you on Monday. Have a great weekend, folks. Mm -hmm.